Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Are you all in? I mean, like all or nothing when it comes to your New Year's resolutions. No room for failure, no reprieve, no room for errors. And if that's your mentality, you might run into some roadblocks that will have you heading in the wrong direction or off the map completely. Somewhere in there, there needs to be a gray zone. And wellness consultant, coach, trainer, speaker, author, and mental health advocate Lydia DeFrancesco has this zone very well planned out with room for a few miscues and a few missteps. Lydia and I go way back to the CTV Morning Live days when she often made her way to the set with ideas and concepts that allowed people to be creative at home. Not everyone has the luxury to afford a gym membership, personal trainers, nutritionists, and the list goes on in your looking and needing for help in the health and wellness and and being able to meet your goals. But I promise you, on this podcast, we are trying to get you covered as much as possible, providing you with steps and guidelines and suggestions on how you can achieve the life you want and do so with what's actually in front of you. From mindset to food, exercise to daily practice, this hour will have it all. So welcome to Living Your Life with Leanne Lang, the podcast brought to you by Extension Marketing. And of course, as always, for more information, you can head to extensionmarketing.com. Lydia, I thought you'd be the perfect guest for the start, the launch of the new year. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on your show. I am too, as I was putting my computer down. <laughs> so, and and I got gifts. Like you brought gifts when you came in. One of them is your gratitude and success journal, which mm-hmm. I know like right off the bat, this has been like the game changer for you and how you kind of have evolved over the last little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So... I started this journaling concept about six months, actually probably more than six months ago now, maybe eight months ago. And I never really, I'm not, I I don't feel like I'm a good journaler and I'm not a good writer or like not a good writer. That's a lie because I I know I am a good writer. (laughs) Um, It's a belief that I've had for a long time that I wasn't a good writer. Anyway, um, but I never felt that I could just sit down in front of a piece of paper and write. So I created this journal for myself where I have these prompts. And so it actually helps me to stay focused in my writing. And it's been really incredible to see just my own personal transformation in doing this journaling. And it involves four key aspects. One is gratitude. The other is affirmations and intention setting. The other is uh, celebrating a win. And the other one is focusing on self-care. And so each day then I I write things related to those different aspects. Yeah. I'm going to get into the journal in much more deep in a deeper, <laughs> okay. you know, yeah, absolutely. Super. Because yeah. I, I think there, there's so much that I want to be able to hit on. And I think what people are looking for right now as we're heading into the new year often, and, and I've joked about this a lot, but we are making the same resolutions mm-hmm. year after year, it seems, a little bit more of a groundhog day for others. My last guest that I just had on last week, Eliza Kingsford, uh, from she, she was talking about um, – 
weight loss, but yeah. coming from kind of the brain's perspective and how we are completely living in the habitual world, right? And mm-hmm. unless we're breaking some of those habits, we're mm-hmm. going to just keep repeating everything. But people are looking for it. And do you find with your clients that it's more they're looking on the exercise side or on the nutrition side or just on getting out of a rut or being in a depression? And, and like, where do you find the questions start coming at you from? I think a lot of it is people don't even know where to start. They feel like a lot of it's exercise. I mean, people know they're not exercising enough, but they're not really sure what else they can do. And what I've seen over the last number of years, actually, it's really troubling, is like almost an epidemic of stress and overwhelm. And people just feel like they have too much on their plates to take care of themselves. Like they're either, it's somebody that's either taking care of younger children or taking and taking care of older parents or they have a job that is a lot of work, like more than your 40-hour work week. Um, and maybe they have kids with activities. There's just so, I mean, you live it, I'm sure, mm-hmm. with your life and your kids and people that you talk to and your friends. Um, there's just so much stress and overwhelm. People don't know, like, how they can even fit things in or what to do. That becomes almost overwhelming. Yeah. And then it's an overwhelm and then there's an anxiety and a stress. And then mm-hmm. sometimes that you're just paralyzed. Yep. You're almost paralyzed absolutely. that you do absolutely nothing. Yes. It is. It's that. It's that they don't know where to start and it feels overwhelmed. They know, people know they need to change many aspects of their life. But because of that, that is, it feels overwhelming. And then they just don't do anything. Has it been easy for you? Like, has your, your life been very active childhood, easy food, you know, for the that you most, have the passion that you do for yeah. the work you're doing? So for the most part, yes. Um, I grew up in a family where, like, fruits and vegetables was the norm. Um, we didn't even get, like, chocolate or that sort of thing on Easter and Halloween. Like, we didn't do Halloween, so we didn't really get those kinds of things. Um, what was the idea behind no Halloween? <laughs> oh, yeah. We just, it was like, a more religious thing, Okay, I guess. So we didn't, yeah, we just didn't do it so much. Um, and Easter, my mom I maybe gave us, like, a, like two pieces of, like, little eggs or whatever. Um, but they all, part of that, honestly, was, I think, the health side of things. My mom was really, like, ahead of the curve on the health front without even really realizing it. Mm-hmm. Like, she made basically, like, what we would call power balls, power protein balls today. She made them, like, 30-plus years ago. Um, she was well ahead of She the, was she way well ahead too ahead time. almost, right? <laughs> that it was, like, too ahead of the curve. But anyway, so I grew up in that kind of household where healthy eating was the norm. Um, we lived in a town, so I walked everywhere. And so exercise and daily movement was just really part of my life. I walked to school for high school and all that kind of stuff. And then when I went to university, I still maintained a pretty good fitness regime and playing intramural sports and that sort of thing. Um, I would say the biggest challenge for me was once I entered the workforce and got really busy with work, Uh, I found that exercise was a good stress release for me and was really necessary to keep up good mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had a couple burnouts in the last number of years and um, exercise definitely has helped with that in a certain sense, but also allow me to realize that I need to also focus a little more on overall self-care and making sure that I'm taking time to do things that recharge me as well. So I'm going to ask you a question because then mm-hmm. you've got listeners going, okay, so how does like someone in the wellness world <laughs> have, a, have yeah. burnouts, right? So where were you catching yourself that you so, realized you were in this burnout mode? 
The biggest indicator for me is that I lost, I feel like I lost my voice. That's the best way to explain it. Um, I put out a lot of content all the time. I'm constantly sharing things on social media and with my mailing list and all that kind of stuff. And when I start to feel like I don't have anything to say, it's a big flag for me that I'm, I'm feeling burnt out. And part of it was, the first one especially, was that I was giving a, a lot of my own self to my clients and to the public. And I really wasn't taking any time for me to recharge. I wasn't also, I hadn't learned the ways for me to recharge, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. um, not everyone recharges in the same way. And so I needed to figure that out and to spend some time just I slept a lot I napped every day for the longest time I totally believe in naps by the way just generally speaking um but yeah it was it wasn't quite a burnout in the like an emotional sense it was more a physical I was just really tired um but wouldn't you see wouldn't you see that with almost all of your clients or a a lot lot of of them yeah a number of clients are pretty close to burnout for sure yeah. What would you characterize burnout then as? So um, lots of fatigue, uh, maybe trouble sleeping or like trouble waking up, like you wake up tired. Mm-hmm. I was waking up tired a lot, even if I would sleep eight hours. Um, I would say general disinterest in things that used to make you happy. It's like perhaps similar to depression. And I've been in a depression before. Um and especially with like seasonal affective disorder mm-hmm. that that affects me I use a blue light now um, which I find helps um, it's not quite the same as depression but it would have similar characteristics in terms of like lethargy and lack of interest in in doing things that are fun but I think it might be different for different people right is it almost that though you can turn it around a little bit faster than maybe someone who's in a, in a de- in depression mm-hmm. or in a depression sure. right it's like once you kind of change a couple of things the burnout like the energy comes back the things that depends how far you've mm-hmm. let it go okay if you let it go too far then it can take months or even over a year plus so how does someone who's feeling burnt out right now right yeah. they've just gone through the holidays they've just gone through everything and there was family and there was meals and there was everything that was going on and now they're back to work and they're trying to have this mindset that's you know I can do this I can mm-hmm. live this healthier lifestyle but they're heading into it almost in a burnt out right state I think the key thing what I would recommend to that person is figure out what the like kind of the most bang for your buck concept would be like what is the one thing that you can be doing that is going to make you feel the best so most likely it's probably sleep and getting sleep in order and then um possibly nutrition and really like water drinking making sure that you're you're fueling yourself with nutritious food and then I would say adding in the exercise I've talked to so many people who are not getting enough sleep and they don't even realize that the effect that that's having on their bodies and their mind. I know for me personally, if I don't have a good sleep, I actually just am mentally not as well the next day. Like I'm kind of, things are harder. Mm -hmm. It's harder to think. Um, I'm not necessarily as positive. I've learned if I really have, I'm feeling tired, I don't make any major decisions that day. Because uh, it really can affect that, your judgment. That's pretty good, right? You know, for someone you know? to be self-aware enough that they're not in a state to actually make 
yeah. big decisions because I think sometimes people do make those base, those big decisions not in the state that they should have been right. to make them yeah. in the first place. Absolutely. So how I want to kind of go through this because mm-hmm. I want people, A, I want to go through this gray zone mindset because mm-hmm. that is pretty much what you've really launched into. I know you did the HR Disrupt. You know, it was, it was part of the speaking that you're mm-hmm. doing. And then from there, kind of take some of those ideas and then apply it to how people can then attack the physical the moving sure. the exercise then the yeah. nutrition and then the mindset and I think well, let's break it down that way so I, I listened to it I actually mm-hmm. pressed play and listened to the to, to the to the talk that you Aww. that you did so when I ask you like what mm-hmm. exactly start from mm-hmm. you titled it the gray zone mindset mm-hmm. what do you see that as so for me it's basically like how you said at the beginning of the podcast today um, bucking that trend of all or nothing what I realized over the last number of years in my practice and in, in working with people and just talking with general in, in general with people is that people get stuck in the cycle of all or nothing. So and we see this now at this time of year in mm-hmm. January where people um, are going all in on, you know, whether it's fitness, whether it's nutrition Um, usually those are the two big ones in terms of wellness, um, where they're like, I'm going to hit the gym six days a week and I'm going to eat perfectly. And that's great, but it's not realistic. And so what happens is then they start to fail and then, you know, they start to say, well, I messed up yesterday. So today's a write-off as well. That's the typical, I'll start again Monday. That's a very common phrase that people say, right? And what I found was for me in looking at my life and how I maintain, you know, the same body weight year after year, like I could post photos from two years ago and you would never know because I look the same. Um, what it was was consistency, um, choosing consistency over perfection and really living in that gray zone area where it's not black and white. It's all not all or nothing. I like the example that you that you that you were talking about, you know, it's the office party or someone's birthday at the office and someone brings in cake. Mm -hmm. You know, the all or nothing mentality is (laughs) I can't have any, I'm going to deprive myself, you know, of, of getting in on the celebrations or it's the, I'm going to have it. And then you get upset with yourself Mm -hmm. and then you ate the cake and then you're, then you start to think negatively. Oh, I messed up. Yep. This wasn't what I should have been doing, and right. and now well, we go. And the and the mentality, yeah. So it's either the deprivation and deprivation. You can't do it forever, right? So if you you can deprive, deprive, deprive. Eventually, you will cave. A hundred percent. No one can deprive forever, and then you'll binge, and then you'll be mad at yourself, guilty, and then you'll then that's where you say, well, I'm never gonna eat that again, and then so then you don't for a while, and then you binge again. That cycle. Or like you were saying, you do eat the cake, but you feel guilty after. And then, you know, let's say it was at, you know, during the day, right, at work. And then at dinner time, you know, you're kind of, you, then you have that screw it mentality where you're like, well, I already ate the cake today. So today's a write-off. I'll be better tomorrow. But in my philosophy and with the gray zone mindset, it doesn't work that way. It's like you had the cake. It maybe was good. It maybe wasn't. Uh, it doesn't matter. And you're just going to eat the same way you always do, which in the ideal scenario, you're eating your healthy habit, you know, eating the way you eat on a regular basis, which is healthy food. Okay. So having the cake at lunch doesn't mm-hmm. mean, okay, let's just stop and I'll, I'll dinner's a write off too because right. I'm going to start again tomorrow. Right. Exactly. It's, no, it's okay. You, you had that. Yeah. Let's go at dinner yeah. and get back on track. Exactly. It's just, it's just you ate the cake. 
that's great, good for you. And now we just go back to regular. And regular, ideally, right, is the healthy eating. Do you find it more with the the eating or is it that you were, you know, you planned on getting to the gym four days a week and you couldn't get there because there was an appointment. It's like, oh, yeah. you know what, I can't get there. So tomorrow, let's start again on Monday. Right. Is it happen as much with the physical it's side? It's both, yeah. Yeah, it's both. Because um, the same with exercise, right, where let's say it's a Thursday and you miss the Thursday, then you might then say – the start again Monday so then you miss the Friday Saturday Sunday that's three opportunities that you could have had like there's nothing magical about Mondays right and so but people seem to have this sort of Monday thing right or like beginning of the month or um, people also often it's sort of related but are waiting for that perfect moment to start something and the perfect moment is never going to happen unfortunately, right? Life isn't perfect and there is never a perfect time. The, to me, the funniest is when people are like, yeah, I'll, I'm going to do that when things slow down. Yeah. Right? No. <laughs> that's, that's dreaming as far as I'm concerned because things, quote unquote, are never going to slow down. Life is never going to necessarily be less busy unless you really stop all the things that you're committed to. And so it's about as I said to a friend of mine years ago, it's learning to live in your reality and accepting that your current situation is your current reality and how can you basically make the best of it? How can you find ways to be more healthy within your current situation? So what if someone is working a crazy amount of hours, is running around, you know, chasing kids or dealing with the sandwich generation, has the younger kids, has the older parents, um, you know, demanding boss, like mm-hmm. where in their current reality mm-hmm. are they finding the time so that A, they're avoiding the burnout mm-hmm. or they're feeling better about themselves or they're trying to live up to the promise that they made that they're going to find even time for themselves to take care right. of things. So usually something has to give and there has to be some kind of sacrifice. So whether it means waking up 15 minutes earlier to have some alone time, to do that journaling, to get a short 10-minute, 15-minute workout in, um, or whether it means start saying no to some things or changing some things in your current situation. Um, it can't be the same. Like the answer is that it, it, if there's no time currently, then something has to change to find that pocket of time. Um, It's hard to say in a very vague, unspecific situation, but as a general rule, there has to be some kind of a a sacrifice or something that needs to change in order for the person to to have that ability to... to, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So you've had decades of clients, mm -hmm, okay? So what mm -hmm. have you seen or where have you seen them make those changes? Um, I think getting up earlier is always a good one. Um, because, but it also means going to bed later or sorry, earlier. going to bed earlier. <laughs> um, I mean, that's great. I think also evaluating the types of commitments that you're a part of, um, what you're doing for other people, th- those types of things. Um, it could also be a matter of outsourcing and, you know, let's say for meals, for example, there's so many great meal planning or meal prep companies just in Ottawa like local ones that are fantastic um maybe for healthy eating it's it's that it's it's getting something maybe it means hiring a cleaning person 
to clean your house, right? That's what I mean by something has to change, something has to give. There has to be some kind of sacrifice. And usually the sacrifice is either your time or your money, right? Those are the two kind of commodities, the resources that we have at our disposal. And unfortunately, you can't usually get both. (laughs) So something is either going to cost you in time or it's going to cost you in money. And I think making that realization and kind of strategizing and figuring out what that looks like in your own current like personal scenario um, can be helpful. What are the lines or the triggers that you would want people to use in the gray gray zone mindset? So let's say someone's going to say, okay, I'd like to try to apply this. Mm -hmm. What's the dialogue they're having with themselves? In what scenario? What are they telling themselves? Like what are they doing to be in that mindset? Like the the sort of self-talk? Yes. Um, I think definitely just a sort of general being kind to yourself. And I think it's, it's, it's the realization um, that small sustainable changes are going to be what gets you to where you want to go. Um, so kind of realizing that it's the small things that matter um, as opposed to trying to do the big drastic change, right? So it's, it's telling yourself that those little things like having uh, like doing a meal prep is helpful having drinking more water in the day like that's a win so that's part of why I like to in my journal have that win set like success celebration celebration is a large word but anyway section right where you're acknowledging the small little things that you're doing or the little mindset changes that you're making Um, I mean I think so hard when it's like no I know okay but you like gray is the black and the white mm -hmm. right I'm assuming you're the gray the gray is is, in between right is the Mm -hmm. in between yeah I think it's just part of the talk is telling yourself that you don't have to be perfect I think that's a big component actually is that um which is really hard because it's sort of out there in society that we want to be striving to be perfect and that we see you know, the perfect Insta everything. And um, I think there's a difference between striving for excellence, which to me is like doing your best job and striving for perfection. And so I think having that shift that you can't be perfect and you like, which is really hard to accept. I think that's, that's a bit of a challenge, but that it's okay to not be perfect right right I think that might be a big mental hurdle for a lot of people and I think the hurdle is is when you have the disappointment of let's say eating the cake at the office right that it's okay let's just be like okay yeah that's gonna be okay and we're just gonna go back yeah and not wasting the three days of re right (laughs) so recycling yourself back up the 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 hard part about saying like like specific um phrases to yourself is that it's it's kind of it's a shift um like kind of on a continuum as opposed to like a switch like a light switch where it's on and off like this isn't a thing that one day you have all or nothing mindset and now we've they've someone's listened to this podcast and now they then they have a gray zone mindset it doesn't work that way because of the conditioning that we've had right as a society and our own I don't know if you've had anyone talk about neuroplasticity. Or, oh, gosh, yes. Right? Yeah. So you know all about that. <laughs> it's a, yeah. my lineup of guests coming up. Oh, perfect. Right? Right? It's, it's changing. So it's, like, it's reprogramming your mind, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So it's a journey. It's a process. And it doesn't take – it would take months for sure for 
the shift to happen. Um, but yeah, I think it starts with acknowledging that, you know, perfection is not what you're striving for. You want to strive to be consistent and consistent is not the same as perfection. Um, and, and kind of taking the view that this is a lifestyle, like what you're trying to do to be healthy is a lifestyle change and not a temporary thing, right? A lot of, and again, with what we see in the media is a lot of the quick fix type of things, right? 30 day, and there's nothing wrong with challenges per se, but like 30 day challenges, 90 day challenges where people, it's the, when I don't like about those things often is that they're very strict, right? So I'm sure you've seen the no, a no sugar challenge. Well, no sugar, like none at all is very unrealistic from a sustainability point of view. It's not sustainable for the long term. Nobody wants to eat zero sugar forever and ever. Or they also don't right? realize where sugar or that too. Where sugar but lies. Right? Not even They're, I think a lot of people <laughs> get into the no sugar like, thing thinking no pop, no right. candy, yeah. you know, you know, no yeah. chips and dip. Right. right. But I don't think people are aware right. of how deep when you're talking no sugar, how oh, sure. deep it goes into absolutely every single item right. that's out on the counter. Exactly. So then but when you look at a lot of those lists and they, they come about on, on social media and it's like a, like even bread and all that kind of stuff, right? It has sugar. So to do that kind of a challenge for 30 days is OK, it's doable. But would you want to do it forever? And that's a, a question that I usually ask people, um, especially from the diet point of view. Um, when they ask, should I eat this? Should I eat that? What about this diet? What about that diet? And my my question to them is just, is it sustainable? Would you want to do that from now until forever? And if the answer is no, then why even bother starting it? Just pick up other healthy habits that you want to be doing for the rest of your life. That has a longer sustainability mm-hmm. than... Yeah. So it really the, the key words for people are consistency and sustainability. Is this something that you can do for the long term? So if we go from to the exercise standpoint, um, do you, can you be exercising seven days a week? Should you be? Probably not even, but that's a whole separate thing. But is that sustainable for your lifestyle? If it's not, why would you even try? <laughs> like you're setting, people are setting themselves up for failure so often in this all or nothing mindset because they're trying to be perfect and they think perfect means all the time as well and then it's not realistic so like for example when I meet a new client um, and they start training with me I actually don't like when I ask them how many times a week do you want to train whether it's with me or on your own I don't even want them if they've done nothing I don't even want them to say more than three because to go from zero to three is already a really big deal that's already a big jump and so I even tell them in like a laughing joking but I'm serious kind of way like I don't want you to say five or six or seven. That's actually the wrong answer. Three is good. Two could be good. Four max. If you're starting from zero, think about how much of a jump that is. And I think the key thing is for people to ask themselves, um, you know, how can I be setting myself up for success? Because when you are successful in doing something, you feel good about it and you want to do it more. Can I ask you if you have, and I have listeners mm-hmm. that are sitting here at zero. Mm-hmm. What is what is the getting from zero to three? What should they be doing? Is it just getting out and walking? Is it you know how how do you go from that zero that standstill? Because mm-hmm. like think of it like the, mm-hmm. the hardest part is the start. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> absolutely, the hardest part to get the <laughs> momentum going, right? Yeah. So where where do you say and where's your recommendations for that zero to three? 
This podcast is brought to you by Extension Marketing. They are a new breed of marketing agency that acts as your virtual marketing department, designing and implementing cost-effective marketing strategies that will grow your business. I can speak to this personally as I've been using the Extension Marketing team to help me launch and grow my business. Founder Pat Whalen has been a lifesaver for me, a genuine coach guiding me along the way into uncharted territory. Tell them you're a friend of the show and receive a free one-hour consultation. Check them out at extensionmarketing.com. I think it depends on where the zero is coming from. If there used to be an exerciser and they're but they're at zero now, then, you know, maybe go back, ease into what you were doing. If you're literally zero, zero for many, many years, yeah, maybe walking or very low impact type of exercise. Um, nothing too strenuous because you don't want to have an injury because that, that's going to set you back and then you're going to feel bad and then you're, it's just going to be even worse. Um, but I mean, I think, you know, there's lots of professionals in the city as well um, looking into maybe getting some help if, if you need that kind of guidance, motivation, knowledge of what to do. Um, the internet's great, but it's almost like there's too much information on the internet and it's hard to know what the right thing is for you. Um, so talking to a professional can be helpful. Um, some people, and I think, I think generally actually a lot of this health and wellness stuff is really becoming more self-aware of who you are as a person, uh, what you like, what you don't like. Um, cause I'm, you know, in terms of exercise, I always encourage people to find what, find what they like to do. Like exercise shouldn't feel like a chore. It shouldn't be something that you feel you have to do, uh, because you ate badly. I definitely think that eating and exercise are separate items that aren't interrelated in the sense that you shouldn't feel you have to exercise because you ate bad, quote, bad food. And you shouldn't feel like you can eat bad food because you exercise. Like to mm-hmm. me, they're totally separate um, because a, a negative relationship between the two is is very unhealthy. But um, and I was going somewhere with that's that. A really, that's a good point because a, yeah. a lot of people will do that, right? Right. <laughs> and what kills me is when you see at like uh, Halloween especially, sometimes Easter, where you have those memes on social media where it's like, uh, you know, one Snickers bar equals 30 push-ups or, you know, one whatever other chocolate bar or bag of chips or whatever. And they're, that's just perpetuating this negative relationship between food and exercise. And it should be totally separate. Oh, I know where I was going. So you want to be exercising because you love yourself and because you love your body and you want to, um, you know, be healthy and be able to do everyday activities. And if you have children or grandchildren, you want to be able to be able to keep up with them and that should be more of a motivation um figuring out your motivation is key but also finding things you like some so people it's not like just about going to the gym i, I think it's that not people need to get out of the mindset it's yes. going to the gym and lifting weights when they're uncomfortable right. don't yeah. like the environment like there are so many other yes. things so this be. is yes exactly so that's what i'm very slowly getting to and my point is that um Find the thing that works for you. Some people like group classes. Some people don't like group classes. Some people would rather do a sport or things like rock climbing, uh, like a more activity-based type of way to exercise. Um, I know your mom teaches gymnastics. There's some great adult gymnastics classes all over the city. That could be a fun thing. So um, maybe dancing, right? There's all sorts of ways that you can move your body that doesn't necessarily have to feel onerous and that you hate it right? I think it's important to find 
what you like. And if you don't know what you like, then explore and try different activities and see what gets you going. I think what people need to realize, and I've noticed this a lot, maybe just because I'm in different environments, but there are passes for people to try. Mm-hmm. I have seen it from so many different places. You know, try a yoga class, try mm-hmm. a spin class, try a, you know... I could go through, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, of like, course, the, yeah. like, but right now you've got like nine round for boxing. You've mm-hmm. got Orange Theory. You've got this spin. Like, there's a yep. ton of spin places. There's a ton of yoga. Like, try it. Absolutely. I think there's yeah. nothing in in taking advantage of companies that are like, listen, you haven't experienced this. Come try a class, mm-hmm. and you know, we'll go from there. Yeah. And I think the other thing that holds people back is this mentality that exercise has to equal one hour at the gym. Like, it absolutely doesn't. 30 minutes at the gym could be more effective than one hour poorly wa- poorly spent, mm-hmm. right? Um, even, you know, 10, 15 minutes. I mean, some of the segments that we've done together on CTV were very short but very effective if you were to do like the whole thing of what I showed, right? Um, so it, I think people just get held back, especially going back to the time aspect, on it has to be a certain length of time for it to be effective. You can do 10 minutes on a spin bike, doing a you know 30 well 10 second or 15 second sprint with a 30 to 60 second recovery time for however 10 minutes however many cycles that is and that's going to be a really excellent workout uh, or do that sort of sprint concept on the treadmill or on an elliptical but or something as you right? said right it's going to take time for people to shift their mindset mm-hmm. that it's that it's right. different it, that it can doesn't need yeah. to be the hour at the gym and I do want to say this because we mentioned Mm -hmm. all these classes that people can take and, Mm -hmm. you know, going to the gym. But for people who are financially not able to Mm -hmm. invest in doing these things, what do you recommend? I I know we had done segments, you know, on the show. But what can be done within a home, within a park setting, like where they're not having equipment or a gym or something to be able to to do things with? So absolutely. That is is part of the whole thing of, of shifting that mindset away from the gym concept is you can do a lot with body weight. Um... Even a few simple tools like resistance bands, stability balls, um, those types of things, small little things that you can have, even a few dumbbells, you know, nothing that takes up too much space in your house. Uh, you can really get some good exercise uh, from that. I, in terms of like, a t- I've created like a little bit of a template that I thought I could share with everybody, um, which is basically just uh, one upper body exercise, one lower body exercise, a core exercise, and then uh, some, I call it, you know, cardio type of thing. So, uh, for example, you could do push-ups, you could do squats, you could do plank, and then you could finish up with, like, lateral hops. So hopping from side to side, one leg to the other. And you could do, you know, 10 to 15 reps of each for three to four rounds. It's going to take you, you know, between 12 and 20 minutes, let's say, depending on how much break time you want to have. And there we've done a whole full body yeah. workout with – no equipment. Yeah. I love this. I don't know if you've seen my Instagram, but like I, yeah. I do work at the mm-hmm. basement a lot, you right. know, with just time and like the kids yeah. and activities. And so sometimes I'm, you know, I, I'm doing that, but it, I'm exactly that. I yeah. do a, a little cardio, like, yeah. and I'm 50 seconds on, okay. 10 seconds off. Okay. And I go cardio, arm, yeah. leg, ab. Yeah. 
And then I just Perfect. repeat that for yeah. 50. Like, well, I go for yeah. like a 50 minutes. Okay. But like, but I, if I'm rushed, I do for 20 to 30 and I just okay. increase. But that's it, right? right. It's a yeah. leg, a, an yeah. arm, a core, and a, and a little yeah. cardio. So yeah. what you're saying is that's the template. That's the template and, that I use and, and honestly, as like the a default. And no yeah. equipment is no necessary equipment. in any of that. So, and I think people can get inspired if they just, they can Google some of those things, right? Oh, no sure. gym yeah. required, no something. They'll get an yeah. abundance of mm-hmm. possibility. Yep. Yeah. And even on my website, like I have a, my media page that has all the segments of all the stuff that I've done. So there's like 20 plus things on there. Like, I think I remember um, stuff. We did, we did like workouts with like chairs yeah. and like brooms or like yeah. I think I did, we did I think, cans. Did you do the book one with me? I think I did the, the book, book lover one. one. Yeah. Yes. And it was like we had the, I totally yeah. remember that one. Yeah. 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 I've done, I did one with, uh, with Henry with a pillow. Um, yeah, so there's, there's a lot and yeah, you can be creative, um, you know, in the summertime when you have like a watermelon, you can totally use that as like a shoulder press or even a row or that sort of thing. Um, so, or like a big, you know, those big things of, uh, oil or vinegar, you know, your big tubs of that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, you can use that as weights. It really like, I think first, most people though, I would say, Part of the issue is the scheduling side of things. So the biggest thing that I can recommend to people is to actually put this this time that they're going to devote to exercise, since we're talking about exercise right now, into their calendar. Because what happens is even though we have the best of intentions, this sort of just I'll do it when I have the time concept is not it doesn't work you have to make it it has to go into like, the, like a book like an appointment like in the appointment right yes. it's like it, i have a doctor's appointment yep. i have this appointment mm-hmm. i have these people like it needs to be written in yep like i've had some clients literally um put it in their calendar and call it you know a like wellness appointments or that sort of thing one of my clients used to uh, he told me that he viewed it as uh, you know going to catch a plane like he would never be late to catch his flight so why is he not committing to doing his workouts? And so he, it's, it was a, he traveled a lot. So this concept worked for him. But it's the um, wealth investment, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yes. However you want to view it, uh, whether it's like your self love, self care appointment, whether you view it as like a more doctory type of appointment, um, getting it in the calendar is is the first step, and then the next step is is making it non negotiable, in the sense that. That appointment doesn't move except for an extreme scenario where there's like a real emergency or you really, really need to change it. But other than that, it stays fixed. What happens if based on your gray zone mentality, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that appointment needs to get canceled? Then you don't worry about it and you just do it whenever it was the next day or you if you weren't planning on doing one the next day and you can fit it in, then you do it. And if not, you don't worry about it because... Part of the gray zone mindset is that we're looking big picture. We're looking months and years as opposed to days because it's those consistent sustainable habits that are going to pay off in the months and years ahead as opposed to that immediate like gratification or satisfaction. You talk about the exercise. I want to hit on the nutrition part Mm -hmm. too. So food prep how how Mm -hmm. do you in terms of your sustainability and consistency Mm -hmm. what were your tips and tricks so first of all I would say uh, for food prep if you've never done food prep before don't try and do everything because again it's 
going all in and it's too much and can be too overwhelming and if it takes you six hours you're going to feel really discouraged and not going to want to do it because that's a really long time um so i would recommend starting small picking maybe one or two meals to focus on so looking at you know which one is again the bank bang for your buck concept like what's the most important for me thing for me to focus on right now how are my breakfasts how are my lunches how are my dinners which one should i be prioritizing and then focus on that one so maybe it's do you know what i mean like in terms of just picking one thing and doing it like i'll just say that from the outset right i'll give some other like because i've seen i think i've seen some of like you've Mm -hmm. done meals where i've been like oh my god like you've I think you've had like... Oh, I I do like the whole week's worth. Right. Yes. I look at my kitchen prep as yeah. I wash my vegetables, cut them, put them in Ziplocs so that it's easy snacks right. when I'm reaching, when the kids or someone's reaching in and mm-hmm. everything's been cut and ready to serve. Exactly. That for me is my kitchen prep. Sure. You know, I've seen some great. other things where it's like <laughs> full on meals, like in containers and all yeah. you're doing is taking it out of, you know. Yeah. There, so, there's different levels and there's really different levels to to yes, doing that prep work absolutely which is why I think it has to be again either the starting small concept so figuring out like maybe you know one week we start with just breakfasts and you just do your prep for the breakfasts and your snacks maybe and that's it you don't worry about lunch don't worry about dinner and then build from there um, in terms of like strategies for meal prepping I would say Uh, First of all, like having all your items. So having a proper grocery shop. So you have all the items that you're going to be eating and then bulk doing everything. So kind of really taking a couple hours and doing everything at the same time. So whether that means taking that time to be chopping your vegetables. um, It's also about being strategic about if you're if you're doing the cooking part, how you're doing the cooking. Right. So um Getting something in the oven is going to be like your first priority because it's probably going to take longer, right? So don't start cooking something on the stove first. That's going to take a shorter amount of time before you get something in the oven. So sometimes it's just thinking through timing, right, of how things are going to work. So for example, if I'm going to be roasting my broccoli and cauliflower, I'm going to cut those up first, get those in the oven while that's cooking. Now I'm like, chopping up or taking those little bitties off of the green beans so that I can steam them but they're only going to take 10 minutes so by the time the green beans are green beans are done the other stuff in the oven is done are you cooking all that stuff and then putting it into yes Pyrex. so yeah and how do you do it so that it stays fresh so that you want to eat it a couple of days later we just it- keep it just stays fresh yeah so we cook everything on Sunday for and I mean we're only two it's only me and my husband so um, with people with more a bigger family, mm-hmm. you obviously would probably have to do cooking a few more times. Um, but again, you figure out what works for you. Some people really like to do. I've I don't do this personally, but I've seen people where they do um, like crockpot meals, and so you would have let's say I don't even you could go really high, but like let's say six to twelve bags that you're gonna prep. So you've done a huge grocery shop. You've figured out. Uh, you know, what kind of, if it's meats, you know, chicken, beef, whatever else. Um, and then literally you put everything into each of the bags and then you like Ziploc them up and they into the freezer they go. And then, you know, once or twice a week, you're taking out one of those packages and cooking it. And so you've made 12 meals 
in the same amount of time that you could have made one meal, right? So mm-hmm. you're really maxim. What it is is maximizing your time, and um, just becoming more efficient with how how you're doing it and the planning. Um, one of the things I've recently done actually uh, is that I've and it happened because of a conversation with a client, but I actually cut my vegetables usually on the Saturday, and then on the Sunday is when I cook them, just because of timing and how you know, mm-hmm. my life situation has worked out. It's just kind of works well that way. So I think sometimes kind of, it sounds cliche, but thinking outside of the box in terms of what is okay or not okay, like it's totally fine to like, maybe you take three different time, chunks of time to do meal prep and that's totally okay. It doesn't all have to be all at the same time. Uh, whatever is going to work for you, right? So I think I hopefully what people might realize is that knowing that there's something packaged and ready to go in the freezer because Mm -hmm. I like coming from people who have busy lives and kids that are on the go it's so easy to just be like oh you know what we'll just go pick something up right and then you're picking something up and then you're getting back into the all or nothing oh gosh Mm -hmm. we just did take out Mm -hmm. we shouldn't have done that you feel guilty and you just get in the whole spiral again exactly so if you think about it why do we eat like the non-healthy food because it's super convenient so what we need to do is make the healthy food convenient which is why you chop your veggies. Because I bet you if you didn't chop those veggies, they would just sit there in the fridge. No, they go bad. If and I, you wouldn't If I don't them. do it, yeah. I, I, we don't. I know. But if I cut them mm-hmm. and they're in a nice, like, clear Ziploc mm-hmm. and people can see that they're yeah. done and cleaned exactly. and cut, then we eat them. Right. And, and I've, I've done, you know, there's been weeks where, you know, I didn't get the, the prep done. Mm-hmm. And I can tell how much more of the groceries go to waste mm-hmm. Than on the on the weeks oh, yeah. that I do it, yeah. and so I often just have to say, get it, get it done. And mm-hmm. then the ones like I'll do like mangoes and stuff, where I'll oh. I'll like peel and cut and have those ready to go. Mm-hmm. And if I haven't done it when mm-hmm. I come back on Sunday, mm-hmm. the next thing I know, four days later, oh, they're too shoot. soft. I they've know. gone to waste, Long and then I and I didn't do it. Like right. so, I know. It's for me. There's also the financially, you're sure. wasting a lot less yes. because you've used what you've purchased. Yes, and I think. The faster you can realize that that's just how it's going to be. And I think, again, that's the sort of living in your reality concept. Like, we all wish that we didn't do that. We all wish that, like, I I always use a carrot example. I'm sure you've had carrots go bad on you too, where, like, if I don't put peel and cut the carrots, they won't get eaten. And it's so silly. How hard is it to take out an unpeeled carrot and peel it and then eat it? It's not hard at all, but I don't do it. <laughs> so... But I I have realized that is a fact. It's not going to change. And so now I know I just have to do it. I have to peel the carrots and cut them so I will eat them. Right. But if you do them all at once. Right. Well, this is better because you're not doing it the once. So, but the, yeah, because the once doesn't happen. Right. And so this is my point is that people have to realize and be accept that how they want to be if over and over and over again, you're getting the same result it's likely not going to change for certain things, right? And so you just have to accept that that is a reality and change up how you do it, right? Um, And this kind of, again, this stuff comes back to the time or money concept um, where, especially for food, it is going to take time. But for me, I view it as an investment. So you said like a wellness investment or whatever before. I view meal prep as an investment in my future, because I am spending the time on the weekend, which means I am not spending the time Monday to Friday. I can come home after a busy day and there's food already made for me and I just put it in my toaster oven and I heat it up 
and I don't have to spend any time cooking. And that is so valuable to me that it is worth it to spend a couple hours on the weekend. It's it's the sustained consistency so, of what it is that you're looking for. But I will say for people who are feeling overwhelmed by this conversation right? about how much food prep mm-hmm. I might it sound like I might do, again, start small. And it could be the Leanne way of just doing the veggies and I'm the veggies fruit. and fruit. Oh, and on a good week, it's um, right? I'll hard boil the eggs. Okay. We'll do some hard boiled exactly. eggs for snacks. Right. So you know. it could be just yep. that alone could be enough. Just having some healthy snacks around could be totally fine. Or if you feel like it could be helpful to have a little bit more food prepped, do it. But in a sm- sl- slow step kind of way. Start with lunches. Start with just dinner. Start with breakfast or whatever it is. So as you were saying that there were probably people that were trying not to get overwhelmed by this discussion, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of it, and I think what's going to come down to, and I think it's also because I've been in a massive shift of understanding mindset and mindfulness of how much is really our lives are affected by what we're saying to mm-hmm. ourselves. Uh, it's past behavior. It's looking ahead. It's thinking about things that aren't actually going to happen, but we've trained our mind, right? Mm-hmm. And so the meditation has been a massive thing for me, mm-hmm. and I continue to talk about it. But for you, your life really started to change with gratitude yeah yeah so there's gonna be people here going now they're going okay now what what is she throwing at me but I don't want to say it's kind of become like the new buzzword but I feel like in my circles it's the word that's being thrown around good a lot and and I love it you know and so in in certain circles it's something like oh my gosh I've been doing this for years and another I think people are just being introduced to Mm -hmm. kind of what that offers yeah so I think uh, for me the biggest change that I saw was definitely doing the journaling, uh, like I talked about at the beginning, um, which really involves gratitude. And for me, it's it has become like almost like a default way of thinking. Not always, of course. I have my moments where, um, you know, I'm I'm getting kind of upset. Like actually, on my way to the Disrupt HR conference, I was um, taking an Uber there, and. It was, I think, on Maryvale. There, was, it was like a parking lot. Like it was crazy traffic. I'm sure many people can relate. Um, and I was starting to get really annoyed. And then I actually had to catch myself and tell myself that no, I'm grateful that I had this opportunity. I didn't want to show up in a negative space and have that affect my presentation. So I really had to kind of catch myself on that. And I don't think I would have done that had I not been in the practice of. But you were Gratitude, aware. You right? were aware mm-hmm. of the fact that you're that you were shifting and mm-hmm. that you could feel this irritation. Right. Right. So yeah. the first thing was just be aware of the fact that you could feel yourself. Awareness is key. Shifting. Yes. Yeah. So let's go through. Can we take it? Yeah. So because I, I know your clients. You said you've started giving this mm-hmm. out to your clients. What's yeah. their reaction been to it? They're really liking it. Yeah. Were they kind of thinking it was woo when you started with it? They're like, hey, mm. Lydia, I'm coming to you so that you can work me out really yeah. hard and get me in great shape and I want to yeah. look good on the beach. Yeah. But what happens when you're like, okay, I know you want to look really good on the beach, yeah. but I need you to start doing this? Um, I think for the mo- most part, mo- more pe- most people were, were fine with it. I think, I think for most people, it was more like feeling like they had the time in the morning or feeling like it was a new kind of practice for them. Um, and they weren't sure about it. But yeah, when people have been really, really loving it and really getting some great, great benefits. Okay. So from what it. was it for you when you started? What what did you do? 
um, when you started term- this oh, whole, the, the gratitude when practice, when you started the shift, yeah. Was literally just writing out things I was grateful for. Basic things? Yes. So I write that I'm thankful for my husband and my dog. And then I always write that I'm thankful for my clients. And it, it really, for me, I write free, free form and I don't set a certain amount of like, I don't, I'm not trying to aim for like 10 or 20 or 15 or three or whatever. It's literally whatever wants to come out that day. A lot of times it's based on the day before or what's coming up ahead, you know? So for example, on a day when I'm giving a presentation uh, for a corporate client, you know, I'll, I'll often write down that I'm, I'm thankful for that opportunity to impact more people. Um, you what know. are what are corporate clients usually looking from from you? Um, so I do workshops for them a lot of times, and I'm starting to get into doing actual like uh, wellness programs. I have a four week mindfulness challenge um, that I'm uh, giving out to some clients. So so it's yeah, this. Really it's just, just this doing whole, that for their employees. Yeah, what we're talking about it's right now. Similar stuff yeah. for their clients. Yeah. Okay. So I'm grateful for, and then yeah. the next line is I am right. So this is the section for you to write down affirmations and intentions. And so for me, this was really powerful um, to help, especially with the reprogramming of your mind. So I would say that gratitude definitely helps get you in a more positive mindset. And then the affirmations and intentions are really, if you want to view it kind of scientifically, it's reprogramming your brain. So writing down things that you believe to be true about yourself. Or if you don't yet to believe believe them to be true, then you write it in a certain way. Um, like I am the type of person who is confident. I'm the type of person who prioritizes myself and my health. I would think um, this would be very difficult for people because I have yes. people who are in a negative space yep. would be like, I am, oh my God, I'm so lazy. Right. I'm stupid. I'm irresponsible. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I, this I would think would be, very easy for people to fill out a negative outlook. It How be, hard yeah. is it for yeah. them to actually have to force themselves yeah. to be in a... Oh, sure. Even if they're not believing mm-hmm. it, that that's what has to come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really hard. Absolutely. Even writing things like, I, you know, like positive attributes. I am strong. I am beautiful. I am loved. You know, those types of things can be very hard for people. Absolutely. But that's why it's like a practice and... It's, and if you want to grow and if you want to, you know, have that self-development, you know, it's part of the process. Um, you might not be quite, you might be not like more generic, let's say, or, or, or a little less strong or confident in what you're writing. Um, but that's where phrases like, um, you know, I am in the process of can help or I am the type of person who... So you could say, um, you know, if somebody wants to... I am the type of person who can be successful. Right. I am the type of person who can lose weight. Mm -hmm. I am the type of person who can get the new job it, yep. it's it's mm-hmm. it's doing it that way and it's it's exactly. interesting I would think to for people to look back on how they started writing mm-hmm. in the journal and what it looks mm-hmm. like six months later as yeah. to how their practice is yeah. you go from I am then you go to one win from yesterday mm-hmm. is yes and for me that part's important because if we're always looking to the future it can feel like we've never arrived and it feels like there's always something more that we're striving for which is a good thing. I really, I believe in goal setting and always trying to improve yourself. But at the same time, if we don't pause 
and reflect back on how we've been successful, it can feel like we're never there. And so this is an opportunity to really acknowledge the small things. Like I want this type of stuff to be just the little itty bitty things, whether it's you had a, a, a shift in mindset where you back to the piece of cake comment where you had that cake and you felt okay about it. That's a huge win as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I talked to a client today. She was telling me how um, based on some stuff that she's been working on and conversations we've had, she's now finding it easier to say no to people. To me, that's a win. Yeah. One win from yesterday. I said no to having to organize the office. Right. <laughs> Potluck. Sure. Right? Or, or maybe it's I drank water. It could be a doing more of a doing related mm-hmm. thing, right? Where, you know, you drank all the water you drank that day or you hit all your targets for exercise, that sort of thing. So it can be really the gamut of anything. It could be work related. Um, it could be personal. It could be anything. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. So, and then the final one that you have. So we have I'm grateful for. Then you have I am. Then you have one win from yesterday is. And then the final one is I will love and care for myself today by. Right. So this one is to come up with something and it could be something you already have planned it doesn't have to be a new something um but a way for for people to remember to take care of themselves a lot of my clients are women who put everyone else ahead of themselves and so this one kind of came out of and even for myself too like I said at the beginning with the burnout is that I wasn't taking time to care for me and so this was a way to remind myself and to think about what am I going to do today that is going to be taking care of myself and it could be I'm going to do a meditation it could be I'm going to paint my toenails or uh, I'm going to say no to something or I'm going to be assertive in this situation at work where you know I feel like somebody's always talking over me and I'm going to stand up for myself today it really could be a whole spectrum of things but it's really about reminding people that they should be doing something to take care of them. I will love and care for myself today. Bye. Mm-hmm. All right. Those mm-hmm. are the four. This is part of the gratitude and success journal. I have a more fixed mindset. So being open to possibilities and open to what can be possible for you. And then um, just starting small and not trying to do everything all at once, not trying to change everything all at once. Um, take a long, a longer term approach and really focus on what are some of the few small things and changes that you can make right now that could have a big impact? That pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Yeah. Where can people uh, <laughs> had to find more information? And this, uh, this I know your clients are getting this, but this yes. is a really interesting concept. So, But where can people go find so, information about you, yeah. the website? Your, yeah. yeah. So my website is fithealthy365.com. And I'm also on Facebook at FitHealthy365 and on Instagram, same handle, FitHealthy365. Um, through my website, people can email me uh, they can con- or through social media, mm-hmm. send me a DM. Um, if they do want the journal, um, I've been encouraged by my mother-in-law and her <laughs> sister to sell them because <laughs> my mother-in-law is so sweet. She bought some from me to give to her friend and her sister and stuff. Um, so it was really sweet. So yeah. I, I will sell them if people are interested. That's awesome. You're going to have to put, I am some. grateful for my mother-in-law's <laughs> business sense. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I'm online. I'm, I'm very available and I'm happy to talk to people and um, give advice and suggestions for their own situations. Well, I, I like the first one. And I think for anyone who's in the all or nothing, black or white, the gray zone might be exactly the place that you need to be 
to be able to just feel better about the process that you're in. So I really appreciate that. Good luck mm-hmm. with everything. Thank Thanks. You. It's so nice to have time and not our four I know, minutes. I know. Usually Lydia, <laughs> we were talking about this, would see me like sprinting off the set, going to do like a quick costume change, yeah. get get in. We had our four minutes together and yeah. then I'd be running back to change back into my clothes. So yeah. it was nice to be able to so sit down nice and to chat. chat. Thank you so much for Thank having you. me. Thank you. That is another edition as we're launching the 2020 season with La, for Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. I want to say thank you so much. Uh, it was interesting as I was looking looking at you know people listening over the holidays I so know my audience like <laughs> to all the moms out there who were so busy over the last two weeks kind of doing everything for families it was interesting once everyone came back you know all of the, the downloads were coming in of people going oh my god I got to catch up on the podcast so thank you to everyone for liking and sharing and subscribing and letting people know that the podcast is out there the more word of mouth that's out there about the podcast the better Uh, And we're getting in some great guests. I'm really excited about the lineup that we have coming up over the next couple weeks. So have a great day, everyone. And thanks again for listening to Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. This podcast will help you become the money expert among your family and friends. Just remember, anyone can be a cash kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast.